we started Jagib, I went to CEOs of charities and foundations. I asked them, who is the audience that, you know, the group, they don't donate. And they say all of them, most of them say millennials said that they are very focused on their uh, tablets, iPhone. You know, we don't take care around you know, about society and all of that. I can tell you now, for example, if we see all our numbers, we had more than 1.3 million donors and that went through our website. Right. You see that more than half of them are under 45. So that means that sometimes you need to give people the right tools. You need to talk to them in their language because I think the will is there. This is the Definitely Uncertain podcast brought to you by Gold Rock Capital. Each week, we look at how high net worth families can improve their lives, decisions, and investments in a deeply uncertain world. We always aim to provide practical information, even if we can't offer specific investment advice. This is the Definitely Uncertain podcast, and my name is Darren Rockman, and I am a partner at Gold Rock Capital, a more than 20-year-old multifamily office serving the needs of high net worth families in Israel and around the world. And with me today on the podcast is Ori Ben Shlomo, speaking to us from Jerusalem. Hi, Ori. Hi, Darren. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Great to have you. Ori is the founder and the CEO of JGIV. And for those of you who are listening from Israel, you will know JGIV. It's one of the most prominent organizations in the philanthropic world in Israel. And uh, we asked Ori to join us because he has a real high-level overview of the world of philanthropy in Israel and what's going on there and some of the special things that JGIV has been doing. He is born and bred here. He was a lawyer, but to have uh, gone from the dark side to the light and is no longer practicing as a lawyer, <laughs> but is in practicing in philanthropy. So Ori, can you... Give us a couple of lines on JGIV, what you do, how you got to this business, and specifically what you're doing in the world of donor advice funds. Okay, great. So when I was in high school 20 years ago, so we had some project, you know, during that then that we volunteering in one specific charity. I went to some soup kitchen here in Jerusalem, and no, it was like a huge storage and we packed boxes with food and other things for you know families that need those things and i saw in the stores it was a huge telemarketing room with many people there they try to raise donations to this soup kitchen it was the beginning of the e-commerce around the world and i thought for myself why it's so complicated inefficient way to connect between donors and recipients and what that was, you know, the initial thought there, of course, it took many years until eight years ago, we established JGIV as a nonprofit, also a tech organization in a goal and mission to encourage giving in Israel and to do it through technology. So what we do, we have built a marketplace for giving and philanthropy that we give tools for the different players that's around the giving table. So for example, it's the tools for charities, tools for donors and tools for corporations. In the charity side, we give 
some crowdfunding platforms very advanced that help charities to collect money and donations with their communities. We give the training and all what they need to maximize and leverage the potential of the fundraising side. Right. In the donor side, we give tools that can help you know many donors just to manage their donation from one place. We have some collaboration with tax authority in Israel to get a tax refund and all around, you know, to manage your donation. Of course, we have the donor advice fund that we'll talk about it later in the donor side. Also, we have the corporation side. It's quite new, but the goal there, you know, the world today with the social impact, ESG, and, you know, giving back to the community. So we build tools for, we call it Give It Work for companies that they can use it to encourage uh, giving like within their employees. So for example, we have clients like NVIDIA, Monday, and other big companies here in Israel that they give tools. For example, the employee can donate to a specific charity 5,000 shekel, get the tax refund directly, like full automation to their pay step, and to do all the process in one place, matching and other things. So what we do is like marketplace, we call it giving place for charities, donors, and corporations in Israel and to Israel, and that we have many donors also in the US, that it's much easier and efficient way for them to donate to Israel's society. Okay, and you mentioned the donor advised fund. So you know, in a word, for those who are not familiar, what is a donor advised fund and what is JGIV doing in this area? Okay, great. So donor advised funds quite new in Israel in the, since the last three years, but in the US and other countries been running for close to 100 years. So basically, it's an option to open a fund, like a foundation that give, I can say, three main advantages for the donor. One's tax advantage that you can open your fund, you can donate the amount. It could be during, let's say, December 2022, quite big amount and to get immediately the tax receipt on your donation. And but you don't need to grant it to the charities immediately. You can grant it over time. So for example, in Israel, based on the room that we have from the tax authority, every year you need to donate 5% in most of the cases from your fund to grant it out to organizations. So this is the first advantage. So, so it's a bit like having a private foundation, except you don't have to manage it yourself. The JGIV manages it for you. You put the money in, you leave it there for an extended period of time. And then as long as you're donating out of that pool, at least 5% a year, you're okay. And you've got your tax receipt in the year in which you direct transfer the money to JGIV. Right. So yeah, basically it's to right. break up the donation two part, like the donation and the grants. And so it's really helped many donors. The second advantage, I think it's here what we have with our technology that it's much easier to manage your philanthropy. At the beginning, we heard from donors about the game that they need to run after their receipts. So yeah. it sounded to me like, you know, silly, why this is something that we're going to write in our brochure. You don't need to run after your receipt, but, you know, down the road, we understand that this is a pain for many donors and they want to manage all their philanthropy in one place. They want to track their donations. They want to see what the impact their donation made and all of that. So we have technology, we have, you know, a website, that a portal for donors very easy to log in, to manage recurring donation, to manage the ongoing donation, to collect all the receipt in one place. That's number two. Yeah. And number three, I think it's all the, the next, let's say it's more deeper. It's to manage your philanthropy in a more strategic way. 
right? With donor advice fund, once it's similar to private foundation, but you know, it's it's again it's advantage in Israel that's very hard to manage a private foundation. It's not like the US. So you can manage your philanthropy in a more strategic way to think where you want to donate, to do it more proactive, to be more involved with your donations, and we can give you know more examples. Later. Okay. Okay. Cool. So you mentioned before that your the part of the mission of JGIVE is to encourage Israelis to donate more. Um, so maybe let's talk a little bit about the, the culture here and the culture of giving amongst Israelis and particularly Israeli high net worth. Compare here to other countries, for example. It's a great question. And to give more holistic picture about giving in Israel, I think it will help us to go 200 years ago to the old Yeshuv, uh, Yeshuv Yashan, what's called, that was like not many people here in Israel. And most of the donations or all of them came from few individuals, big names like Montefiore, Rothschild, and all of them, right? That was old Yeshuv. The new issue, it was more established, right, around the Zionist movement and all of that. So part of all the change there to establish the state of Israel. So it was new institutions like JNF, Kakal, Karen Ayasso, and other institutions to help people around the world to support the movement and after that to support the new state of Israel. And during then, it also was the majority of the donations or most of the donation came from abroad, not from Israel, because right. here it was like around 600,000 people in 1948. And since then, it's very interesting that it changed, but soon I'll give you some you know, numbers, but we'll see that most of the donations still come from abroad. If we see in the pie, even 10 years ago, 70% of the donation came from abroad, not from Israelis. Only 30% came from Israeli. I think that point that we can say it was a big change it was around the 80s that israel moved from more socialism environment to more capitalism environment and all the welfare state you know yeah step back and of course all the free market globalization and all those helped a lot to bring wealth to many israelis you know to also to open private companies and later on all the tech revolution and because of that start to be you know significant like an option for many families really to donate here in Israel that was in one hand in the other hand because of the welfare state wasn't like a decade before so many charities started to work because you need to support more educations more medical things and the demand also for donations was higher so I think since then we see some change that on one hand, we have much more wealth here in Israel, but on the other hand, we have much more needs. And I think that we still see some gap between both. And if we go back to the numbers, so I think we see that in the last years, so already Israelis donate 60, 40% of the donations. This is, you know, increase of 10% a decade ago. And from broad, it's 60%. But what's interesting, both sides are still donate more than 10 years ago. Just Israel is, you know, give more. Okay, so, so th- there was an increase in the total number of dollars or shekels being donated in the local economy. But of those, still only 40% are sourced here in Israel. But that's an increase from 30% a decade ago. So trend isn't going in the right direction. 
Right. In numbers like 15 billion shekel to compare to 20 billion shekel today, the pie of philanthropy. Okay. So it's 20 billion shekel, which roughly is, say, 6 billion US dollars. But, but per capita perspective, um, how does that compare to what's been donated in other Western countries? Do you have any sense? Yes. Yeah, so it's very hard to measure it because not all time the same apples. But basically, we can say that US it's around 2.1 percent, you know, GDP. If we and in Israel around 0.4. It's like many discussions around it, but we are not in the best place. Okay. Uh, so 0.4 percent here versus 2.1 percent in the US. Those are the numbers. Right. Yeah. Right. So so that means that the average US person is donating five times what the average Israeli is donating. Right. That's but, a pretty know, shocking statistic. I agree. I'm but, not holding you responsible, of course. <laughs> you're, you're part of the solution, not part of the problem, but it's a pretty a pretty bad number. I agree. I agree. I think part why, why is that? Is that the sort of history of living in this sort of part socialist becoming capitalist society where local people just expect government to fill the gap and it not to come out of their pocket? So I think it's many reasons around it. The, one of the main reasons what you just described, you know, to move on from socialism to capitalism, and also that, you know, sometimes to make change in culture, it takes more time than that. To be more wealthy, it's much easier. It's so, easy to, to, to make money than to change people's mindset. Exactly. But I think we're in the right direction. But also people will tell you in the US, you have what left to each family in the end of the month. It's much higher than what here in Israel, because it's very expensive to live here. So you can't all the time to say that you can compare GDP to know their you know, it's many discussion around what's the difference. It's also probably one of the other excuses you often hear is high taxation here, and particularly high taxation at lower rates of income, which potentially means that people have less disposable income at the end, as you say, at the end of the month than they do right. in other countries. Right. So, so this is also a reason why we see a big gap. But also, if you want to compare... For example, high net worth individuals yeah, sure. to other countries. Again, it's not compare Apple to Apple, but just to give you indication, for example, in the US, we talk about 1% of the donors, they donate 40% of the total amount of donations in the US. Right. In Israel, if we try to do that, we'll find that 1% of the donors donate maybe 20% of the total donations, but we need also to take in account that in Israel, we donate much less than the US. So when you put those two factors together, what it tells you is that high net worth individuals in Israel are donating substantially less, but by a very long way, if you compare them to uh, their colleagues in the United States. Right, right. But we need to remember that the United States, it's great to take as a model for us to, you know, Definitely. how... Yes, but it's the only one United States, like all the countries there are... We are like, I think we're in the top five countries that donate, you know. US. Okay. So, so you're saying that the gap between Israel and the US is not unique. So what about tax incentives? Are the tax incentives in Israel sufficient to encourage high net worth giving? So basically the answer is yes. Like today, after we have the donor advice fund, I think it's a great tool for people also with tax incentives, but if we compare it to other countries, so we are not there yet, but we'll okay, be there. What needs to change here? So first in Israel, they're very, you know, big philanthropy, for example, we see some 
maximum of donation of 9 million shekel yearly, that this is for the people that want to donate more. It's really a barrier for them. Also, I think... And that barrier is for a tax deduction. So if you donate more than 9 million shekels, you call that you know, uh, right. to about 3 million, you're no longer getting a tax benefit. Exactly. Also, asset donations, it's kind of, you know, if you want to donate stocks, appreciate stocks and all of that, it's not a clear picture in Israel. I'm here not a lawyer and not tax advisor, but, you know, it's not clear situation. We, for example, um, we accept stock donations here in Israel and also in the U.S., but, you know, when people try to claim it, so it's not clear situation. We try to work now on a ruling with the tax authority to tell them this and we must solve it. Because if you take, for example, Fidelity in the U.S., so you see that 60% of their donation, it's through assets. Only 30% so is cash. Ma ma mainly people who are donating assets who've got appreciated, have gone up in value. And then they get a, effectively a double benefit because they're getting a tax deduction. And also they're not paying capital gains tax on that increase in the value of their asset. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's a big incentive for people to yeah. donate more. And when you look at the world of philanthropy in Israel, and you know, Jengiv is obviously working through the Donor Advice Fund, through some of the other efforts you've described to help encourage additional giving. What impact could that have on Israeli society? If we manage to get... Israel up to the position, maybe not the United States, better than, than where we are today. Because you're both dealing with the donors, but you're also dealing with the philanthropies themselves. Right. So let's start from part of our missions that while Israel is now powerful in technology, defense, economy, and all of that, we think that Israel also should be powerful in society, right? And to build this way that will be powerful in society, the government can help to build the ecosystem, but but the government can't build new charities, for example, all the things that we need for that. And I think most of the charities that have changed our life, it's came bottom up. This is usually we need to build bottom up. I'll give you an example. I think 10 years ago, all the Haredi sector and all the thinking about how... Yeah, I'll the right. Yeah, they'll be more involved in society. It was, I think, I know a few people that was, you know, some idea of them to start it. They started a few charities and it's, you know, in tech industry, they had the seed money and then round A, round B. And now they made an exit and the government take care about this issue. But we need to do it bottom up. We need more people that involve and more people that donate more money. And this is the way how to make Israel society also great. And I want to tell you some story. You know, eight years when we started JGIV, I went to CEOs of charities and foundations. I asked them who is the audience that, you know, the group, they don't donate. And they say all of them, most of them say millennials said that they are very focused on their tablets, iPhone. We don't take care around you know about society and all of that i can tell you now for example if we see all our numbers we had more than 1.3 million donors and that went through our website right see that more than half of them are under 45 so that means that sometimes you need to give people the right tools you need to talk to them in their language because I think the will is there. Okay. All right. So, you know, clearly you guys are working hard to become a sort of central resource in Israel to help improve and broaden giving 
both within the high net worth community and also within general society. And that seems to be a really important mission. Maybe just as sort of to finish off, for high net worths who do want to think about having their own donor advised funds, how do they get in contact with JGIV? How do they get set up? Yeah, so I want to talk a second, I think, to give five best practices, if it's okay, for donors that they want, you know, to use or to open a donor advice fund. You know, in general, open donor advice fund, open an account. If you are Israelis that want to donate here in Israel or your U.S. citizens or in U.K. or other countries that you have a significant philanthropy activity here in Israel, you should have Israeli donor advice funds. For example, we have many U.S. donors that, of course, they have whatever accounts in Fidelity, Schwab, or JCF, but they have their Israeli donor advice fund because it's much easier to donate directly. Once you wire the donation to the Israeli DAF, you can donate directly to all the Israelis charities that recognize best practices. I think first, you know, to donate strategically, we meet many families that are quite new to the philanthropy world, you know, more from the tech families that just made an exit or IPO and that they don't have the culture of giving. It's not like that's called old money that they know exactly how to donate strategically. To do it strategically, you need to know where you want to donate, what's close to your heart to build uh, some plan for that. And this is very important. And this is for a different podcast, how to build strategic plan. Okay, uh, we'll do that one next time. Great. Second, it's to donate with your family and your friends. We see it's very important. We see, you know, usually in the donor advice fund in the big accounts, people, part of their legacy and part of their giving culture, they want the next generation sometimes even the second or third generation to be part of the giving so sometimes they take decision together sometimes they just open even it doesn't matter the amount they just open for their kids to be aware and to know how to do it how to be part of philanthropy and to have some conversation around it in the family and with friends because you know sometimes it's great to donate together you can leverage uh, your impact and you can you can do great things with other partners. This is second. I think it's very important not only to decide where to donate, to measure your impact. We hear it from many donors and we build tools to help donors with that, to measure the impact, to have some impact report, what happened with the money after that. It's great for both sides because the charities report and it's more engagement for the donors to understand what happened. And usually donors donate more if they understand what happened. It's great. I think it's also good for the standards of Let's go for this industry to the people at investment will know what happened. And I think the last thing it's very, it's also, it's to use all the donor advice fund advantages. For example, we didn't mention the option to do most of the donors, they have their fund. Like, for example, they have the, you know, their family fund and every donation that the charity get, they see that it's came from this specific family, but you have also the option to donate anonymously. And this is a great tool for what we see now. I don't know why, but most of the, let's say, tech founders that we have here, that they have accounts, they want to donate anonymously. They don't want people or charities to know what happened. Maybe because they are quite new in this field. Maybe they don't want their charities to rely on them. You know, for example, we have a family that they came to tour with JGIVE as a JGIVE team, you know, Mm -hmm. because they don't want the charities. Don't want to know who it was. 
Interesting. Okay. Donor. So I think all of those things are great and yeah. really can leverage and make all the giving much more impactful. This is the way how to build Israel society and to make it much more powerful. Fantastic. Well, Ari Ben Shlomo, thank you very much. You're doing great work and you should keep it up and lots of success to you and to everybody at JGIV. And thanks for everybody. If you're interested, you can look up JGIV. It's jgiv.com. JGIV Platinum is a, is a donor advice fund. For all of you watching and listening, thank you very much for tuning in and more episodes coming your way. Thanks, Ari. And thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye.